spirit can't fly freely. We keeping it real with a medicine wheel, better than suffering enough of that. We can heal better than my skin in my blood. I bleed, so the wound up and show you my scar has sealed. We are unifying all people as one. You the flying, the eagle and sun. New beginnings in the east have come. Bring me a baby, a daughter, or son. Oh, grandpa, tell me your stories about the good old days. Oh, grandma, teach me the weird like the good old ways. Oh, grandpa, tell me your stories about the good old days. So, grandma, teach me the weird like the good old ways. Quest love, I do it for those who detest love. Warrior status while the rest of us rest up. Come now, a hundred years has come now, and somehow red people are still backing gun sounds. Wake up to that fake stuff. I'm bold with that soulish. I'm social with that mad gab. My resistance is focused. The monument of existence is it to be by our soul kid. The West was never one down to those who thought they stole it. You are not raving. That's not how story told it. That's not how stories journey. Woven had unfolded. You can ask your grandma exactly how the old lived. I got the light and I hold it. You can ask your grandpa exactly how the old lived. I got the light and I hold it. Oh, grandpa, tell me a story about the good old days. Oh, grandma, teach me the weed like the Made you 
swallow your tongue made you feel like it was your choice. That was Quantum Tangle with Tiny Hands, and before that, Mob Bounce with Oral Tradition. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. You can find us on Facebook at Rose City Native Radio. You can email us with music, events, and more at pdxnativeradio at gmail.com. Wrapping up the show, this is Blue King Brown with All Nations here on KBOO Portland, Rose City Native Radio. Thank you. 
KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is also available by calling the station at 503-231-8032. Board meetings will be conducted at 20 Southeast 8th Avenue, Portland, Oregon, unless otherwise noted. The KBOO Board of Directors meets the fourth Monday of the month, starting at 6 p.m. Please call 503-231-8032 to verify if a meeting is being held. KBOO Community Radio is proud to co-sponsor the Community Forum on Zenith Tar Sands Expansion on Tuesday, March 26th at 7 p.m. at City Hall in Portland. The Community Forum on Zenith Tar Sands Expansion will address the realities of climate breakdown and the expansion of fossil fuels infrastructure. The event will pose questions about oil train traffic along the Columbia River, impacts on First Nations, and more. Again, that's the Community Forum on Zenith Tar Sands Expansion on Tuesday, March 26th at 7 p.m. at City Hall, 1221 Southwest 4th Avenue in Portland. More information can be found at kvoo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1947. That was the day President Harry S. Truman signed Executive Order 9835. It is commonly referred to as the Loyalty Order. It required the screening of millions of federal civil servants and applicants. 9835 is considered one of the key preconditions for the rise of the McCarthyite Red Scare. It established a Loyalty Review Board, a master index of those investigated, and definitions determining alleged disloyalty. Disloyalty could mean sedition, espionage, or advocating revolution. It could also mean membership or sympathetic association with with movements considered totalitarian, fascist, communist, or subversive. Soon, the Attorney General's list of subversive organizations was published. It amounted to a blacklist. In their book, The 50s, Douglas Miller and Marion Nowak comment, between the launching of his security program in March of 1947 and December of 1952, some 6.6 million persons were investigated. Not a single case of espionage was uncovered, though about 500 persons were dis- dismissed in dubious cases of questionable loyalty. All of this was conducted with secret evidence, secret and often paid informants, and neither judge nor jury. Despite the failure to find subversion, the broad scope of the official Red Hunt gave popular credence to the notion that government was riddled with spies. President Dwight Eisenhower would revoke 9835 with his executive order 10450, but this order dismantled the loyalty boards by transferring power to federal agencies. It also expanded investigations to include those engaged in immoral or disgraceful behavior. This included what is considered sexual deviance and led to the witch hunting and discrimination against gays and lesbians in civil service. One, two, three, four. Y'all ready for this? Ladies and gentlemen. 4.1 what you see here is history. It's history. Never been done before. Never been done in this before. country. In this country. <laughs> What's up, fam? You're tuned to Hard Knock here on the Pacifica Network. On today's program, we discuss how to foster emotionally intelligent personal relationships with Daniel Ellensburg. All this and more ahead, so keep it locked. 
Yo, this is M1 from Dead Press. Hey, what's up? This is Boots from The Coop. Now, I mean, telling you to stay tuned to Hard Knock Radio. Keep it locked. On the move, this is Pam Africa on Hard Knock Radio, the station of resistance. Down with this rotten ass system. Yo, check this out. Hard Knock Radio coming at you. Bringing the noise. This is Chuck D, public enemy number one. News, views, and hip hop. Peace and love. This is Azim. You're listening to Hard Knock Radio. Real radio. From the concrete up. All the way to the sun. Keep shining, y'all. One love. What's up, folks? This is your girl, Femi, representing the whole Bay Area. I'm here on Hard Knock Radio. News, views, and hip-hop. Stay tuned. And again, you're tuned to Hard Knock here on the Pacifica Network. I'm Anita Johnson. Have you ever walked away from a conversation feeling angry and frustrated or given up hope of being able to effectively communicate your thoughts to others because you've been misunderstood? Join me in this interview with Daniel Ellenberg as he talks about ways to create more emotionally intelligent personal relationships. Daniel Ellenberg, Ph.D., is the president of Relationships That Work and vice president of the Rewire Leadership Institute, an organization that helps individuals, teams, and organizations thrive in the business world. He is the founder and director of Strength with Heart Men's Group and Workshops, and co-author of Lovers for Life, Creating Lasting Passion, Trust, and True Partnership, which he co-wrote with his wife, Judith Bell. He has spent over 10,000 hours facilitating groups and workshops over the last quarter century and wrote his Ph.D. dissertation on how men can experience greater inner strength and positive relationships by transcending limited aspects of traditional male roles. He has presented at major conferences on radio, television, and other venues. He is also the founding member of the Men's Counseling Guild, a group of men who facilitate men's groups and workshops that began in 1985. Daniel, welcome to the program. And uh, a lot of your work is centered around effective emotional communication. Specifically, you help individuals achieve emotionally intelligent personal relationships. Explain for our listeners what that means, what is an emotionally intelligent personal relationship. Describe the crux of this for our listeners. Well, I would say it's a confluence of people's ability to know themselves, you know, which is self-awareness, which is an intrapersonal within oneself, and then their willingness to be honest, which is interpersonal. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like how how are we how do we develop self-awareness and as one neuropsychologist said about self-awareness, he said, Mother Nature has not seen fit to invest much neural architecture in self-awareness. Mm. You know, and so, you know, I think as a species, we're beginning to develop some, but we are knee-high to a grasshopper when it comes to knowing ourselves. And one of the challenges is that our behavior reflects our uh I would say more uh, somewhere between awareness and lack of awareness, and we tend to kind of act out our unconscious in the world. So we don't have to look that far to see the repercussions of unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's challenging to look within and to see, hey, you know, there are parts of parts of myself that can be destructive, can be hateful, jealous, all kinds of shadowy things, as well as being loving and caring and compassionate. Mm-hmm. But it, it takes courage to look with and encourage is an area I've been super interested in because, you know, courageous action always involves some type of risk. So it takes courage to look within and it also takes courage to be honest about what you're actually thinking and feeling, you know, and with other people. Because I always think that if people uh, come off smelling like roses, then they're not telling their whole truth. Because we're, you know, we're a mixture of different uh, potentials. Um, so I think that emotionally intelligent relationships you know, are such that people are taking responsibility for you know, themselves in a, in a deeper way and willing to be honest about that. And from that place, they can be more self-compassionate, recognizing <clears throat> that as human beings, we all suffer mm. and that we need to be kind to ourselves and recognize that we're not so different. Uh, we, part, we have a human brain. We're part of the human species and also be willing to disclose you know to other people be emotionally open yeah. and it is that interface between awareness and uh, disclosure or honesty that emotionally intelligent relationships can emerge right. 
emotionally vulnerable, uh, emotionally uh, honest. And I think the thing to recognize here is that everyone has their own truth. Exactly. We're in a space where we actually embrace that. And although it may not be your truth, it is theirs. Uh, Daniel, the other thing that you mentioned is courage or being courageous. Define that for our listeners as you see it in regards to emotionally intelligent personal relationships. Well, it comes from the French word courage, which means heart or innermost sanction or sanctum. You know, and so I look at courage as uh, you know as a process that it begins with a, a deeply held value. And so, for example, if I value connection, you know that that's my value. But it's it's a, a value is a path. It's a direction. It's not something that's accomplishable. That's not really a word, but you get the point. And so we have goals that emerge from our values. You know, those are kind of direct actions that we can look, was I successful in this goal? Was I not successful? Is there something I can do to course correct, you know, in that? And there's an experience of risk in doing so. So, for example, if it's connection and you, you like someone, you want to be closer with them, and you can acknowledge, you know, a desire to have a, a deeper connection or that there's something in the way of that connection and the willingness to disclose that. And so there's there's a risk in doing so because you don't know how the other person's going to respond, you know, right? Are they going to be open to that? Or are they going to not be have the same type of interest? Mm-hmm. So there's a risk, and at the same time, you have to have some level of confidence that you'll be successful. Con with with finance faith, mm-hmm. and so if you had no confidence, there's no way you take the risk, you know. So then you decide, okay, I'm gonna choose to do so and then you take an action you know and then the action is in the service of fulfilling that value mm-hmm. you know, so I think that courage is something that is uh, we, we often speak about in terms of a fireman or firewoman running into a burning building but really uh, in general the type of courage that is more common for us human beings is interpersonal mm-hmm. And I, I've actually been involved with some research on interpersonal courage. You know, and, and so each day, each of us face a variety of circumstances where we have choices about, you know, whether, you know, what do we want to express, what do we want, what outcomes do we want, <coughs> and how willing are we to speak up. terms of being male, you know, was kind of, to some degree, gender-specific. I mean, not that women were so forthcoming about what their internal experience, but certainly much more so than, than males were. And I uh, was I was not one of these guys who was more on the uh, kind of like the soft male side, per se. I mean, I played sports, and I was pretty active physically and all, but I always felt kind of separate in a certain way. And I became increasingly frustrated with kind of male behavior, you know, and and then as I started learning more about this, oh, there's something called this men's movement, I started getting interested in that in the probably like 1980 or something like that, you know, in the early 80s, and then it it just started sort of growing from there. I started meeting guys who were interested in becoming more real with themselves and with each other, and I found a sense of brotherhood. You know, in that, it's interesting, the first show I ever did on KPFA was in like 1983 or something like that. There was a guy named Sam Jolte who had a show called The Gentle Joy of Brotherhood. You know, and I remember one question he asked me, he said, you know, some people say men don't have feelings. Do men have feelings? And I thought, oh my God, I mean, even to ask that question. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that that could even be out there. Right. You know, and it, it, all the jokes about men, like men really don't have feelings. They just have, you know, uh, you know, interest in, in sex and and violence and cars and stuff like that. It's just so trite right, right. and old. Right. But, you know, old habits die hard. Right, right. Well, how does your work challenge the concepts of traditional men's roles or uh, what manhood is? Well, I I think that... <laughs> You know, at the core, there you know, we men are human, right. and we're driven by, you know, our desires to feel significant, you know, to feel competent, to to feel lovable, 
you know, to, to be connected. And there are certain um, kind of cultural myths that have been handed down, and we, we uh, internalize them. I have a term I call it psychoosmosis. You know, we, we internalize the, uh, the, the external teachings through the permeable membranes of the brain, and once inside, they kind of coagulate, so to speak, and they form characters or characteristics. You know, and so we're really working with how do we actually transform the kind of unbeneficial characteristics we learn that lead toward things like war, you know, violence. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in one of my men's groups last night, I've been leading men's groups now for 33 years, the, the, uh, there was a theme of uh, potential violence toward women. Not, not that the guys in the group were have been physically violent toward women, but that, you know, it's obviously something that goes on in the world, and it's a, it's a horrible thing. And, you know, as much as things change, you know, they, they stay the same. You know, and how do you, how do you intervene in a kind of crazy system where uh, people, when they feel powerless, attempt to be powerful by exacting violence, you know, on others, in, the, in this case, in, in terms of women, you know, who are not, not physically as strong in general. I think that uh, we really need to, as a, as a people, have a North Star. You know, and what is it that we want to create? And this is, again, a kind of end in mind. And so for me, you know, I'm constantly working with my own inner, you know, hatred and violence. You know, that, you know, I think, you know, the, my current... Uh, person I focus on uh, all too much is none other than Donald Trump, you know, and so I have to work with my own hatred because I, I do hate many of the things he stands for, and I can feel that desire to just wipe him out. You know, I, I wish he didn't exist. That's true, but on another level, it's like you know, that's probably not the best approach. Certainly, you can resist without hatred. Mm-hmm. You know, and resist we must. But it's like really for me working with, you know, the part of me that just gets furious, you know, about things. But then how do you take fury, the furies, and calm the the system enough to take wise action? Mm-hmm. See, it doesn't mean not taking action at all, you know, but it does mean taking uh, be, taking wise and skillful action. And I don't think that we change things through hatred. You know, so I'm saying that because I'm I'm not some, uh, you know, master, evolved, enlightened being that I don't fall prey to those uh, more base human impulses. You know, but nonetheless, you know, as human beings, and I believe that I'm I'm a I'm a, a student teacher, so to speak. I'm a student of this, and I'm a teacher of it. And I think that part of what my own teaching is about is to acknowledge my own vulnerabilities and to acknowledge. The, the gaps, you know, in in my own development, you know, for the purpose of one, uh, you know, being real about that, you know, being being as authentic as I can be, and inspiring other people to be real themselves about it, and, you know, also the kind of like, you know, we're we're on a path, and there's you know certain people who increasingly are on a path, you know, uh, of peace and, you know, creating collaboration and harmony and. Uh, and overcoming divisiveness. Right. Well, I just want to jump in and say that for me also, peace doesn't necessarily mean weakness, and then the work is constant. So, as you say, you're a student teacher of this. This The work is constant, and people are constantly evolving. That that would be the hope, right? So, for uh, sure. I, I want to let folks know that I've been speaking with Daniel Ellenberg uh, today here on Hard Knock. Uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Is there any last thing you might want to say about how people can get in contact with you, so on and so forth? Well, sure. They can, my, they can email me, uh, Daniel at Rewire Leadership. That's R-E-W-I-R-E Leadership.com or Daniel at Relationships. That's plural, that, T-H-A-T, work, W-O-R-K dot com or 415-883-5600, 415-883-5600. And I just want to tell you, Anita, that I've really appreciated you and your sentiment and your questions and your energy, you know, in this, because I just feel like you're 
probably not the best approach. Certainly, you can resist without hatred. Mm-hmm. You know, and resist we must. But it's like really for me working with, you know, the part of me that just gets furious, you know, about things. But then, how do you take fury, the furies, and calm the the system enough to take wise action? Mm-hmm. See, it doesn't mean not taking action at all. You know, but it does mean taking uh, be taking wise and skillful action, and I don't think that we change things through hatred. You know, so I'm saying that because I'm I'm not some uh, you know master evolved enlightened being that I don't fall prey to those uh, more base human impulses. You know, but nonetheless, you know, as human beings, and I believe that I'm I'm a I'm a a student teacher, so to speak. I'm a student of this, and I'm a teacher of it. And I think that part of what my own teaching is about is to acknowledge my own vulnerabilities and to acknowledge the, the gaps, you know, in in my own development, you know, for the purpose of one, uh, you know, being real about that, you know, being being as authentic as I can be, and inspiring other people to be real themselves about it, and. You know, also the kind of like you know we're we're on a path, right. and there's you know certain people who increasingly are on a path, you know, of, of peace and you know creating collaboration and harmony and uh, and overcoming divisiveness. Right. Well, I just want to jump in and say that for me, also, peace doesn't necessarily mean weakness. And then the work is constant. So, as you say, you're a student teacher of this. This the work is constant, and people are constantly evolving. That, that would be the hope, right? So, uh, For sure. I, I want to let folks know that I've been speaking with Daniel Ellenberg uh, today here on Hard Knock. Uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Is there any last thing you might want to say about how people can get in contact with you, so on and so forth? Well, sure. They can, my, they can email me, uh, daniel at rewireleadership. That's R-E-W-I-R-E leadership.com or daniel at relationships. That's plural, that, T-H-A-T, work, W-O-R-K dot com, or 415-883-5600, 415-883-5600. And I just want to tell you, Anita, that I've really appreciated you and your sentiment and your questions and your energy, you know, in this, because I just feel like you're you're coming from a good place. Uh, Again, I want to remind folks that I've been speaking with Daniel Ellenberg, Ph.D. We've been discussing emotional, intelligent relationships here on Hard Knock. I'm Anita Johnson. Stay tuned. Hard Knock Radio, East, West, North, South, Conectados. Every set, every hood, barrio to barrio. Y'all stand up, stay righteous, speaking to the thugs. One love, we know where y'all at. Brown Buffalo, it's a hard knock life, gotta pay your bills. They want a song about bling, but it ain't real. Uh, we speak to the kids and the OGs. Organize, mobilize, be the change you wanna see. 415 bumping hard knock radio. Brown Buffalo, all up in your stereo. And to the youth, live life like it's golden. Go dumb, go hard, but don't forget where you're going. We from the hood, so it's all to the good. Let us know this, what you're feeling is right. Let's get this understood. It's only one reason why we here today. We trying to make real music so the people can be late. Yeah. Learning from this hard knocks, slipping in these hard knocks, listening to hard knocks, questioning the hard knocks, learning through these hard knocks, living for this hip hop, listening to hard knocks, ripping to the hard side. Learning from the hard knocks, living in these hard knocks, listening to hard knocks, questioning the hard knocks, learning through these hard knocks, living for this hip hop, listening to hard knocks, ripping to the hard side. And again, you're tuned to Hard Knock here on listener-sponsored radio, 94.1 FM, KPFA. And up next, it's time for Ren, the vinyl archaeologist, the curator of True School, to bless us with his presence and provide our listening audience with some very special events happening in the Bay and beyond. With that said, Ren, once again, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. You know this. And for the listeners that are unaware or uninformed about this particular time, True School here on Hard Knock, what we like to do is offer listeners uh, updates regarding concerts, festivals, book signings, readings, and public speaking engagements. With that said, Ren, what are the top five picks? Number five, we have Martin Luther McCoy performing at Yoshi's San Francisco on Sunday, April 7th. 
Now, you just can't say Martin Luther. I mean, I feel like the Hard Act Radio <laughs> listeners should know, but we have some new listeners who may not be familiar with Martin Luther. Break it down for those folks. Uh, for people who don't know, Martin Luther is from the Bay Area. He's an actor, singer, songwriter, producer, soul yes. man. Yes. Uh, he's a, he was a catalyst in the Bay Area for the... Um, Early for the 90s neo-soul scene, he was also best known for his work with The Roots. Um, he, you know, puts out socially conscious music, and he's performed with Dave Matthews, Jill Scott, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and much more. Yeah, absolutely. So we have him performing again April 7th mm-hmm. at Yoshi's in Oakland, California, and we have a pair of tickets. Yep. And lucky caller number what? Five, six, seven, we'll win a pair Let's of tickets. Let's do seven. All right, lucky caller number seven, we'll win a pair of tickets. Give us a call right now at 510-848-4425. Again, that's 510-848-4425. And next we have on that list. Next we have T-Pain performing at the Regency Ballroom in San Francisco on Wednesday, April 3rd. Now, let me say this for folks. If you participated, were able to check out the Black Joy Parade in Oakland, California, mm-hmm. T-Pain closed it down on the last day oh, of the par- oh my goodness it was packed okay the streets were looking beautiful there's a lot of melanin that was out in the streets nice. and people that i hadn't even seen like i felt like I, I i've been around oakland for a minute i mean you know unless it's like some that you know the other new kind of oakland but uh-huh. it didn't feel like that it felt like it was like old oakland so i nice. was like this it was beautiful it was a wonderful experience and then earlier that day uh, i think um it was uh, a day party and uh Seung kuti had performed so the Black Joy, mm. you know, was just all in all in the space. So, shouts out to the Black Joy uh, Parade folks. Uh, but going back to T Pain, mm-hmm. he killed it. So, this is going to be an amazing show. If he's performing April third at the Regency, this is definitely a must see performance. This is, this is somebody who also has a bunch of hits, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, did you was did he perform with a live band? Tell me about it. Well, he performed with a DJ. Okay, you know okay. what I'm saying. And they remixed some of his you know more familiar tracks, nice. his hits. But it was. It was a full show. It was T Pain. Dope. That's I think you know he's like what is uh what's that box that he uses uh, uh the auto tune. Yeah, you know he's you know he's a one man show. Yeah, uh, and he actually can sing. If you oh. saw his Tiny Desk concert. Wait, 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 Tiny Desk. But let's talk about the other show. What was the thing with the performers, celebrities dressed up in costumes? Uh, uh. <laughs> he, he won that. <laughs> you forgot about that. He won that. Yeah. Right. I was like, when he took that, when he took the yeah. costume off, I was like, right. what? he was all sweaty. Yeah, I was like, T, that's T Pain. What was the name of that show? Because I, I really wasn't. I saw that online. You know, I really didn't watch the show. But you know, they had Gladys Knight on the show as well, and mm-hmm. um, uh, not Marie. Donnie Osmond was on the show. You know, it was a really interesting thing. But you mm-hmm. know, I caught all the telling. Everything for me is online. So, um, but again, T Pain, he can sing. He's very talented, and this is going to be a good show. And it's happening when and where? April third at the Regency Ballroom in San Francisco. All right, and we have a pair of tickets. Yep. Who do you want to get those tickets to? Uh, let's do number ten. All right, call number ten. Give us a call right now at five one zero eight four eight four four two five. And next on the list, who do we have? Uh, up next is Vince Staples uh, performing at the Fox Theater in Oakland on March 29th. It's a Friday. Um, if, uh, for those who don't know, Vince Staples has been around since uh, early 2010 uh, with some uh, spate of promising appearances with uh, Odd Future. He's also appeared on the song Kingdom with Common. Um, also, he's, he's known for speaking his mind, and he was uh, in Complex Magazine's Rap Music Generation Gap Debate with uh, Angie Martinez, for those who saw that, with uh, French Montana, Raekwon, Pete Rock, and Scarface, all debating hip-hop and mumble rap, and, you know, uh, and he was he was kind of standing up for the new generation. Yeah, somebody needs to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It happened for our generation and generation before that, but Vince Staple, Staples at the Fox Theater, March 29th, we have... A pair of tickets, I'm yep. assuming. Yep. Yes, we do. Um, and we'll take caller number eight. All right, caller number eight. Give us a call right now. You know the number, 510-848-4425. And next, on the list. Up next, we got Unlearn the World performing with Jazz Mafia uh, at the Uptown in Oakland on Thursday, March 28th. Now, shots out to Adam Thies. Mm-hmm. We go way, way back. Yep, Jazz Mafia has been uh, a staple in the Bay Area. Live music, live jazz, funk, symphony. 
Mm. And um, and uh, are you familiar with Unlearn the World? Break that down. Up and coming MC, originally from New York, uh, transplanted here. He's been here for uh, over ten years, I, I believe. Um, but originally from Harlem, in New York. Uh, Is he on the Harlem Shake Forces? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he knows how to do it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm gonna check it out just for that alone. Just for that alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he he opened for a uh, Ghostface Killer last yeah. year nice. at the UC Theater, and he's he's got a new website he's uh, going to be launching, and this is going to be the the release for it. Excellent. So let's say this: we're going to give a pair of tickets to see Unlearn the World, featuring Jazz Mafia, mm-hmm. performing March 28th which is a Thursday at the Uptown and Downtown Oakland. I say caller number three. Give us a call right now. You know the number, 510-848-4425. Next we have, uh, in honor of women's history, the Goddess Experience featuring Sista Emina with Frank Stickums and Dyson the Singer. And this is going to be going down at the Fillmore Heritage Center, which was the former Yoshi's SF on 1330 Fillmore Street on March 29th, next Friday. At 8 Mm p.m. So we have a pair of tickets also. We actually have two pairs of tickets for this Goddess Experience featuring Sister Imina. Give us a call right now, uh, 510-848-4425. Callers number 5 and 8 will win a pair of tickets. That's 5 and 8 will win a pair of tickets to see the Goddess Experience happening Friday, March 29th at 8 p.m. at the Fillmore Heritage Center in the city of San Francisco. Check this out. You also have to be able to make it there. So, again, Friday, March 29th at 8 p.m. Give us a call right now at 510-848-4425. Shout out to Block Report for that. And then also, you know, as we do about this time, there's always a bonus. There's always something extra that mm-hmm. we want to give to the listening uh, community of KPFA and those who support Hard Knot. We have a bonus event happening. Thursday, 7.30 p.m., it's Nick Este and Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz discussing our history is the future, Standing Rock, and the long tradition of indigenous resistance. This is happening at the St. John Presbyterian Church, located at 2727 College Ave in the city of Berkeley. Again, that's Nick Estes and Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz. Again, this is event it supports KPFA. It supports your community-sponsored, supported station. So just go online at www.kpfa.org. Check out the event the events page for further information regarding this particular event and many others that we have happening this month and then also in the month of April. So with that said, Ren, this is it. We've come to a close. All right. But before we do, we got to give the man himself props. Ren, the vinyl archaeologist, the curator of what? TrueSchool.com. And and how can people check out True School? True School is spelled T-R-U-E-S-K-O-O-L.com. School spelled with a K. And, uh, yeah, it's the best uh, way to find out what's going on around the Bay, Los Angeles, and New York. All right. With that said, Ren, again, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Hard knock. Turn the speakers in your car up. Quality program. Turn in for the real talk. Don't stop. E-M-N at it again. Sam and Daddy Man. Chris Juwan